Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of a songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Hi, thanks for listening to the Songwriter Connection Podcast. We're on episode five in season two with a very special guest. My friend Hunter Wolf is here from the band Born Crooked, and we're going to hear about their story. But first, I got to thank our sponsor, which is Discover Sooner. Now, if you're a songwriter like me, you know that the hardest part, I think, of our job as a songwriter, besides writing the song, that's the fun part. Then it's getting it heard, right? Getting it pitched to the publisher, building those relationships so that you can get that song placed. Hey, maybe even you're, maybe you've got in mind that someday you'd like a publishing deal, right? How do you make that happen? Well, Discover Sooner is there to help you. My friend Nancy Deccan is the CEO, and she was featured on Episode 2, Season 2. If you haven't heard that episode, check it out. Nancy talks a little bit about her idea for Discover Sooner, and it's a great idea. She's got this website. You can build a profile. It's got songwriters and publishers. She hosts events Every month, you can pitch your songs, you can find uh, co-writers uh, on the site, and they just sometimes just get together in a big Zoom and, and just talk about things. It's a fantastic site, and please remember, discoversooner.com. So after the podcast today, uh, check it out, discoversooner.com. I am a member, and I'm totally enjoying my membership and love being a part of Discover Sooner. Now, let me introduce you to Hunter Wolf. Hi, Hunter. Good to have you on the show. Hey, Dave. Great to be here. The name of the band is Born Crooked. They've got a great story. Let's play your current single. What's this one called? This one's called Can't Hide It. Can't Hide It. On the Songwriter Connection podcast, Born Crooked. Touch me, my heart always raced. 
Wow, it's the music of Born Crooked, the latest single, which is called Can't Hide It. And our guest today on the Songwriter Podcast is Hunter Wolf. How are you doing, Hunter? Good, Dave. How are you? It has been so long since I've seen you. It's so good to see you today. You too. We used to work together at the Ryman Auditorium, and that's where I first saw him play guitar. This guy can play guitar. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> One of my favorite guitar players, and we're going to talk about that. Um, and, you know, I don't like... To, I've, I've, we've talked about it on this show. I just I don't like to put people in genres, you know? I mean, that's for the marketing people and the record companies and stuff. Um, so, I, But if we're going to say... We're kind of like rock, blues. What, what do you... Yeah, my, there. my sister and I, who she's the drummer in the band, we're a two-piece. She, uh, her and I grew up on the blues, so everything we mm-hmm. do has got blues in it. Uh-huh. Um, but we, I guess when, I don't like to put us in categories either, because <laughs> yeah. like that last song's very Americana to me. Yeah. But the single we put out before that was a cover of Folsom Prison Blues. Which, which was great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but we read it in a very rock manner, and before that we, we've done like pop rock stuff. and so. But I guess technically we're, when we promote we're rock blues blues rock right that's, that's, I, yeah. I got you now tell us about the making of that uh, that song right there because we're the stories behind the song songwriter connection uh tell me about that song very interesting stuff huh? that so the funny thing about that song is it's the first song i wrote during covid yeah so we were on tour we were on the west coast playing nam and the whiskey a go-go opening for frank hannon from tesla whiskey a go-go come on that I must know. have been a thrill huh it was <laughs> unbelievable zeppelin played there on the first u.s tour the doors the doors <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, I mean, yeah. everybody, everybody played there. Including Born Crooked. <laughs> so it was a dream come true, and it was our last show. We were coming back, uh, we came back to Nashville for a week. We went to the East Coast and played our old home state of Virginia. We came home, we were supposed to go to Ohio, your old home state. Mm, that's right. And uh, and then we were supposed to be in the studio, and then we are going to England for six dates and coming wow. home. Wow. But after our, our Virginia show in February last year, it got canceled. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Jeez. So we're like, mm. yeah, by summer, end of summer, you know, yeah. we'll be back at it. And then, okay, well, maybe beginning of fall. Okay, maybe the end of fall. Before Christmas, though, for sure, we'll be back right. out there. Right. And then it just yeah. kept going. So, you know, by summertime, we were like, okay, well, we might as well just hunker down and figure out what we're going to do. And so we started building our own home studios. And, nice. And we started writing a bunch of ideas. Our bass player, Ben Highlander, I've known him since I was a freshman in high school, sold me my first guitar. He lives in California. My sister uh, had Kawasaki's as a baby, and so she had autoimmune disorder, and she wasn't, you know, there was no vaccine yet. So she went home with the folks and laid low and did farm stuff, and I stayed in Nashville and raised my daughter, and then now my son hung out with my Congratulations to your son. Thank you. Thank you. Love those pictures. Yeah. Uh, So we we were chatting back and forth with the band and I, and we... um, we figured, yeah, we'll write two, three, four albums worth of material because yeah. who knows how long this will last. We got That's all this time. time in the world. Yeah. And I sat down and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Until November of last year. I'm up late playing one night and I'm playing that song, What Would Become Can't Hide It, uh, the, the acoustic part. And uh, my wife walks around the corner almost midnight and goes, I really like that. And it kind of sat in the back of my mind there, but I couldn't come up with any lyrics. Mm. I'll tell you what, it was such a struggle during COVID, uh, the whole year, year and a half of of the same four walls not really going anywhere. I wouldn't trade it for a world because I got to watch my one-year-old grow and, and I had that time with her every day. But as far as a songwriter, I couldn't write a thing. Mm. The worst writer's block I've had, I think, ever. Wow. So long story short, uh, January this year, I wake up in the middle of the night. First time this has happened to me in three, four years. Uh, and lyrics just popped in my head. There uh-huh. they were. Boom. It was the first verse, uh, second verse, and chorus to that song. 
And five minutes later, uh, I guess the next morning, I had the third verse song was done. Wow. A little bit of arrangement. Uh, I tracked acoustic guitars that um, slide on that resonator here in Nashville. Ben did bass in California. My sister did the kick and tambourine in Virginia. And How about that? Nashville, yeah. California, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. The whole country. <laughs> and then you mixed it all together. Yeah. Well, so we, we sent it to our buddy Brian, who's our producer, and he's a... Uh, He's incredible, and he mixed it and um, did a phenomenal job. I wanted to have some fun and do like a big chorus effect at the end, so all those voices are me uh, standing in different spots of the room, trying to sound different and sing different, and <laughs> That's uh, great. yeah, a lot of a lot of different things, and threw it all together just to see what would happen, and and, uh, and there you go. There's can't hide it. Yeah, there you go. See now, see listening to the podcast, you can go back and listen to it again. <laughs> so this thing about the, the podcast, just back it up a little bit and listen to what we were talking about. So, yeah. so let's talk about. The, the group, okay? So, Born Crooked, uh, you and your sister are, yep. uh, which stands for Anna Rose Elizabeth, That's right? correct. I love her. She's just a darling. Hmm. She used to work at the Ryman with us, too, from time to time. Yep. She rides a horse, and she does, what is that competition she goes in where she shoots the balloons? She's amazing. Yeah, what do you call that? That's cowboy-mounted shooting. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would not mess with her. If you, she's a good shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't push her buttons. <laughs> not anymore, anyways. <laughs> oh, I love her. And she's just a great drummer. Uh, I've seen you guys live, in the, and she's got this thing. She keeps a great beat, and then she's got this long, beautiful hair. And she, just every now and then on the beat, she'll shake her head, and it'll go flying. <laughs> you want to know the story, about, the yeah. story behind that? What's the story behind that? So she was, she was wearing sunglasses at a show one time in Charlottesville, Virginia, and the glasses were starting to fall <laughs> off her face, but they got hung up in her hair. Oh, God. And so they're tangled up in her hair, and she they were they kept busting her in the lip and the chin, and so she flipped her hair to get the glasses out because she couldn't. I don't know what we were playing, but she couldn't stop to grab them. And uh, when she flipped her hair, somebody in the audience cheered really loud. Wow! And so she did it again just to see, and somebody cheered again. So that that's been her thing it's ever since. Part of the act ever since. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about more and crooked. I mean, you guys are incredible. Uh, getting some radio play and, and things uh, here in Nashville, um, but you, you've got. I, I'm really interested in, in telling the story behind the name because uh, it's a touching story. It's an amazing story, and one of the things I love about you, Hunter. So I'm just going to give you a second to talk about that. Thanks. So my sister and I started playing music together when we were. She was nine, ten. I was uh, fourteen when I got my first guitar, and. Uh, so there's three of us as kids, my sister, um, our brother, Christian, and then I'm the oldest. And uh, our brother, Christian, had scoliosis, cerebral palsy, and epilepsy. He was mm. severely handicapped. He was blind. He couldn't speak. He was completely reliant on family to take care of his every single need. Oh, um, yeah, he was, he was pretty much bed-bound his entire life. And so music was very important to him. And animals were very important to him. So we had a farm growing up, and we used to take him outside, and the animals would, uh, like the horses would walk up and nuzzle him on the cheek. Oh, and man. There's lots of pictures of him with chickens all over him. And, oh. and, and he loved animals, but he loved music more. And so when I, I got a guitar for my 14th birthday, as every 14-year-old boy seems to, um, <laughs> I fell in love with it. Uh, I, was, I grew up farm life 100%. I was like all set uh, to go to Virginia Tech and I was going to go into forestry and I was going to do the whole agricultural thing and then at 14 years old that all went out the window mm. and I picked up my first guitar and couldn't stop playing and a year later about uh, my buddy Ben who I mentioned he sold me my first guitar uh, when I was 14 he worked at the local music shop he was the cool senior in high school when I was a freshman uh, we became real good friends and he lent me a DVD of the White Stripes live under Blackpool Lights 
Oh, wow. So I brought it home after school that night. I thought I noticed some white stripes influence in some of the music I've listened to today. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Uh, And so I put it in the DVD player when I got home that night, and my sister saw this girl on stage playing drums. Like, so... Now, nowadays, it's more prevalent to see uh, women equal to men in music, which is wonderful, and I hope it continues that trend. But, you know, 15 years ago, uh, it was a little less so. So for my sister to see at nine years old a, a female up on stage playing drums, she was like, whoa, girls can do this? Mm. They can play drums? They're not just singers or, you know, whatever? And so she said, I want to do that. I want to play drums. So we, our birthdays are five years and five days apart. We pooled our birthday money, bought a used drum kit. Nice. Went into our parents' garage and did what everybody's been doing since the 40s and became a garage rock band. <laughs> yes. Turned the amps up to 11 and hit the drums as hard as we could and uh, and sing some really bad off-pitch, <laughs> loud lyrics, and there you go. But that's how you learn, you yeah. know? You yeah. got to do that. <laughs> but the amazing thing that happened was... When we started doing that, our brother reacted big time, mm. huge to that, to have live music in the house, to hear uh, the beat, to feel the, the rhythm, and, and to hear the guitars, and mm. he re- reacted big time. So Lit him up, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so we started booking open mic nights, or we just turned up at open mic nights, and we, we started booking, um, like, we'd go down to jam ses- sessions, and we'd get on any kind of show that would have us. My sister's 10 years old at this point. Uh, I'm 15, and that's where R came from. Our parents wanted a little anonymity between a 10-year-old girl up on stage in some smoky bar with a bunch of drunks. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with the moniker A-R-E-R. Uh, as a matter of fact, side note, she's met, I think, four different women now who are named R, and she's gotten her photo with them. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow, legit, legit names. Yeah. So anyway, back to uh, uh, our beginnings. So we started playing everywhere we could and Christian came with us to every show awesome he ate it up loved it it was a huge part of uh, um, his life and so a few years later we, we kept playing and recorded some and you know pushed forward and started booking more shows locally and uh, our brother had to have uh, surgery on his central nervous system essentially they were putting in a baclofen pump which was this hockey puck sized pump uh, that was hardwired into his spine to deliver medicine mm. to help with his seizures and he, his conditions made him allergic to the suspensions of most medications because there's sugar in a lot of them. And if sugar or any kind of glucose just touched his skin, he would bust out in seizures. Oh, my. Just like if you have oh. jelly on your fingers and touch the skin, it was just oh. unbelievable reaction. So he couldn't have any pain meds after having surgery on his spine. Oh, can you imagine? No. I, I No. I, so my sister and I witnessed him in recovery, bawling his eyes out, just crying. Oh, and... Our mom brought in a live DVD, a portable DVD player, and a live DVD of Led Zeppelin. So we weren't his favorite band, even though he liked us a lot. His favorite band was Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Rightfully so. I mean, get the lead out, right? Yeah. And so we watched. My sister and I stood there and watched his tears completely dry up the moment the music started. And for the next two and a half hours, he he remained at peace and comfortable until the DVD stopped. So for the next 48 hours around the clock, the nurses, uh, big shout out to nurses, uh, they... They would replay this DVD for 48 hours until the pain oh, finally man. subsided. Wow. So mm. we, we knew in that moment that music was more important, was bigger than, uh, than just something that everybody kind of likes or bops along to or, or likes a band and falls in love with music. It has a way of healing. And so mm. that is why we fast forward to today and we're living in Nashville and, uh, and all the amazing things that have happened that we've been blessed with. So. Mm. So the name became? Born Crooked. So Born Crooked was the name uh, chosen in 2013. So 
originally we were called Hunter Wolf and R. Uh, you know that not highly original. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> it worked we, for the time being. It right? worked for the time being. It was great. Uh, we really wanted a band name though, and so. Early 2013, we were tossing around ideas, and my sister said Born Crooked, because our brother was born with such bad scoliosis, and music is so important to him. Um, in fact, our logo, if you go and see our logo uh, with Born Crooked and that curved um, electricity-looking thing in the middle, that's an exact copy of his spine. Uh, we had a graphics guy wow. copy an x-ray. Interesting. So uh, the name was chosen because when my sister said Born Crooked one afternoon, uh, he lit up. He liked that name a lot. Nice. I, I wanted penguins in the zoo. I like that name a lot. <laughs> that, I coined that from a friend. I was like, yeah, let's go with that one. And I'm glad we didn't because that's a really silly name. I like Born Crooked. Yeah. So he lit up. A lot. He liked that one. And then a few months later, unfortunately, in 2013, he passed away. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. When he passed away, we knew that was the one we had to go with because we hadn't officially settled on one until he did. And, mm. and then when he passed away, uh, we incorporated his... Um, imagery into our logo and uh, we decided to go with the name that he liked the most and here we are god bless him and what a great story while you're picking up that guitar because we're going to play some live music here around the dining room table the way we like to do on this podcast let me tell you that you can go to this website borncrooked.com there's uh, bio information there's photos there's links to all their music and uh, where they're playing so borncrooked.com is that right Hunter? that's right that's right Hunter Wolf from Born Crooked our guest and what you gonna play for us my friend so, get your slide out you're a slide guitar player love it I am so we grew up listening to the blues thanks to our mother playing the 20s and 30s Delta Blues on the on the hi-fi system in the house growing up so everything we do has a little blues in it this Mississippi Delta stuff and uh, I think I'll kick things off with where we come from. Like 
like satisfaction Don't care what you do Yeah, I don't care Someone that don't love you too Look like 10,000 people Standing around that burying ground Look like 10,000 people Standing around that burying ground The slide guitar work of Hunter Wolf of Born Crooked, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. I'm very interested in that guitar. Tell me about that special guitar right there. So that is a 1950s K. It was sold by Montgomery Ward's catalog Mm. back in the 50s. So essentially Ward's and Sears, um, Sears and Roebuck, those two mail-order catalogs were trying to make very affordable, cheap versions of expensive guitars. So my best guess is... Having done research, it's a copy of uh, those old hollow-body Gibsons where they were putting those uh, fat P90s in the neck. Yeah. This has got those D'Armand, I guess, hand-wound pickups in the neck here. And uh, I picked this one up on eBay tw- 12 years ago for mm-hmm. 128 bucks. Wow. You can't touch these old Ks now for like less no. than five, six, seven hundred bucks. No, you can't. You got you got a real uh, steal right there. Oh yeah, what I a did. guitar! I love it that. Sounds great. So let me ask you: How did you first, at a young age, get you get? What brought you the the blues? How did you get into the blues? Our mom played uh, uh, blues nineteen. 19- 20s and 30s Delta Blues on the radio. She played uh, Top 40. She played British Invasion music. My mom, our mom loves music of every kind. Mm-hmm. So as a six, seven, eight-year-old listening, long before I was ever a guitar player um, or a musician, even had an idea to be a musician, uh, I was gravitating towards that blues music. Mm. I liked the British Invasion stuff. She played the Beatles to death. We know every song inside and out, backwards, upside down. Great. Um, so our, whenever I think of the Beatles, I think about our mother, but that... That Delta stuff was just something both my sister and I, even my sister at a very young age, gravitated towards. That and Smash Mouth. <laughs> Smash Mouth was huge when I when we were kids. And so I loved Smash Mouth and I loved the blues. And that's just, I don't know. That's yeah. what we liked. I had read somewhere, heard that, that you at a young age won a slide guitar contest, was it? I did. Uh, so at 16 years old, I was real fortunate. We signed up for the... Um, the the national slide guitar slide guitar competition in Brevard, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, went signed up, went down, um, competed, and then at the end of the it was a slide guitar competition and festival. At the end of the festival that night, they called my name, and wow. I couldn't believe it. I was in pieces. <laughs> I was just shaking. Wow. Uh, I was told by somebody there that I was the youngest to win by I think fifty years. Wow, <laughs> sixteen years old. Guys, yeah, because guys have been playing blues all their lives. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I could not believe it. Yeah, it was just uh, everybody there was phenomenal, and I'm, I'm super thankful for that. That's what a cool story. That's, uh, yeah. 
And because of that, you made a lot of contacts and, and got some pretty cool mentors, didn't you? Yes, Mojo Collins, who uh, Mojo Collins, who used to open for um, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. He was the I can't remember what venue it was, but um, he was like the main opening act there. And so all these great bands came through, and he got to open for them whenever they didn't have openers. So he's mm. got great stories of sitting in Janis Joplin's limo doing shots with her before she goes on stage, <laughs> and uh, he was. Could listen to those forever, I'll bet. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He was, he's somebody I'm very, very thankful to have met and, and have had the opportunity just to talk to, let alone have tips on music from. Yeah. If you're not familiar, you can Google him. Yeah. Tell, tell the name again. Mojo Collins. Mojo Collins. Check his pedigree out. Man. Yes. This guy. Oh, <laughs> what he has done. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So that's cool. Yeah. How about another song? I see you got two guitars today. What's yeah. the other one? Is that a Martin? So no, this is a 1948 Gibson LG2. You bring out all the collectors' uh, <laughs> guitars here. <laughs> this thing. Oh man, look at this. Listen to that. So uh, I will do a song that. Um, we wrote and recorded right here in Nashville. It was our first time. We, right when we moved down here, we wrote this with uh, Brian Craddock and Josh Paul of Daughtry, who produced this and two of Daughtry, them. Daughtry, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he was your producer. Yeah. Daughtry two. from American Idol fame. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. This one's called Going Crazy. Since we started, that don't make it right. 
I don't make it cause I know we moved on and things have changed and I know we made some mistakes I know we don't communicate the best way can I say am I maybe going crazy thinking you still feel the same Crazy for the music of Born Crooked. Our guest is Hunter Wolf of that group, which consists of him and his sister R and your bass player Ben. Ben, that's yep. right. Just and escape me for a second. Our old friend Kieran Gupta too. When oh, he's, Kieran, yeah. When he's in town, anyway. You know, I'm, you mentioned Kieran. We we all work together at Ryman Auditorium, the historic Ryman here in Nashville, and he is doing some amazing things these days. Just released his jazz album, and now he's out on the road with War War and Treaty. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I love those guys. Those two, they're yeah. fantastic. And to be on that band, he's going to be busy. Yeah, yeah, for the oh, rest yeah. of this year, most probably. We'll try to get him on the podcast when he comes into town because yeah. <laughs> I really want to want to introduce you to Kieran. He's a neat guy. He's great. Can't yeah. think. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of Kieran, as you well yeah, know. He is just a super guy. He's yeah. so talented, man. Yeah, there's a guy that studied uh, music in in college twice, two colleges, Twi- two colleges on That's either right. side of the country, uh, UCLA and um, New York. Uh, he'll tell you, but yeah, New York and California. Oh yeah, we definitely we have to get him on. Yeah. yeah. So um, you were you guys are very busy during COVID. You know, making the best of your time. Yeah. Uh, so now that we're kind of pulling out of it, what's what's next for you guys? You better about ready to hit the road again, or we are. Uh, so we just finished uh, this past weekend. We did a festival um, in Kentucky that was phenomenal. Oh, tell us about that. Uh, so we played Summer Vibes Fest. It was Summer Vibes, like it. Yeah, yeah. inaugural festival up there. Uh, in Franklin, Kentucky. Gorgeous. Uh, we, the stage faced the courthouse where Johnny Cash and June Carner got married. I was married. just going to say, Johnny and June got married there, huh? Yeah. Fa- faced the courthouse. Well, wow. Yeah, that Very was cool. super cool. Uh, the, the Franklin people were incredible. Uh, the crew and everybody were amazing. Uh, so we played there, and then we, we just came back from the East Coast where we played our old home state of Virginia again. So it was fun because we bookended COVID, uh, at least as far as um, shows of COVID, uh, at the same venue where we played last. So it was Pro Renata Brewery, February 2020. It was our last show. And so we played Pro Renata Brewery in Crozet, Virginia mm. uh, this past August. And uh, yeah, nice. that was, it was a way to bookend the, the cancellation of shows and a way to usher in the new shows again. So, so how did it feel to be back on that stage again? But I'll tell you what, I was nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, do I know how to do this still? <laughs> do I remember? <laughs> yeah. But there, so you're going to hear it here. There were a couple of songs of ours that I forgot some of the lyrics and kind of had to mm, get through the line. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just make a sound that sounds like it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen you perform and you are so dynamic. I mean, I've seen you jump off the stage into the first row of the pews at Ryman Auditorium. Yeah. You really get the crowd wound up. Tried to, yeah. Yeah. So where does your style come from? My wife says that I'm two different people, so I guess it's just a split personality disorder. I don't know. (laughs) 
No, this I don't know. I I can't tell you. Something happens when I go on stage. Same with my sister. Yeah, uh, we, she's very dynamic too. She yeah. is. She's super quiet and shy off stage, and we both get up there, and it's like we're boom, completely different people. At you grab the crowd. I'm, I'm tell you, showmanship is what it is. It's, nice. it's just fantastic. It's a stage presence that uh, I totally enjoy. So if you get a chance to see Born Crooked out and around, remember that name. You want to see them because they're just incredible. Thanks, they Dave. Really, really are. And you know what else is incredible is just to have you play live music here around the dining room table. It reminds me, you know, we uh, Hunter and I worked at Ryman Auditorium, as I said, and they have a little recording booth there where you can actually make a record. And um, I started working there, and Hunter was manning that booth and showed me how to work everything there. And um, the nice thing about it is there's a couple of guitars that are hanging in there. And so when it was slow, we'd pick up the guitars and we play. And you'd show me some licks, and I'd be going, "What? How'd you do that, man? How'd you do that?" <laughs> but it's really cool because it overlooks the stage. You could, you know, so we could see what's going on, on the stage. And I remember one particular time. What I loved about that job, and you probably can agree with me here, you you get to see people warm up for shows that night, you know, yeah. and especially like during Americana Fest, you see all these great artists up there, John Prine, you know, Tyler Childers up there, you know, yeah. playing and you're like, wow, from the booth, you know, you're watching this. And I remember um, Vince Gill on the stage one night oh. uh, and he's there practicing for their big Christmas show and he's playing a song and I went and grabbed a guitar off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Play along. I, start, yeah, I started playing along. So now I'm saying that, you know, I played with Vince Gill. Yeah, you did. Same building. <laughs> At yeah. the Ryman, same yeah. building. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Of course, he didn't know about it. Well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's right. You loved your time there, didn't you? Oh, I absolutely adored that time. And I, I, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Did walk into the Ryman yeah. Auditorium every morning. Yes. Nobody else in there, just you... Just the feeling never went away. The three and a half years that I worked there never went away. Every morning Me, walking there, neither. Mm. Just this magic in that building. There really is, and you could, you know, I could feel the hair on the back of my neck just just talking about it now. Stand up, yeah. just thinking about all the history in that building. Anybody that you can think of, um, really. Uh, has been on that stage. Anybody. I mean, just think of I mean, Charlie Chaplin. Yes. You know, um, uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, handed out diplomas. Harry yeah. Houdini. Harry Houdini. Uh, John Philip Sousa. Oh, my And gosh. The names go on and on. And every country star, rock, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. uh, everybody has, has, has played there. And it's still just one of the greatest sounding venues in the entire world. And a lot of people, since we're coming up on Halloween, you know, less than a month away, yeah. a lot of people say it's haunted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard those stories? I've experienced some of those stories. <laughs> Any you want to share here prior to Halloween? Yeah, absolutely. I, I sitting in that recording booth we were just talking about, just me. I will never forget this ever, uh-huh. as long as I live. Uh, there was an old radio there, that old battery powered. I remember. Uh, yeah. Dial on the side to have to stick the antenna up in the air to find the <laughs> signal, and uh, I was sitting there listening to um, one hundred three seven rock station here in town. right? Yes. And I'm sitting there listening to it, and I grab the key to run to the restroom in the middle of a song, and I run to the restroom, uh, come back in. The door's locked. You remember the door? Yeah, you had locked the door. Yeah. We, and we were the only one with the key. I, I right. guess uh, the head manager, Gary, had another key, but we literally had the only key. And um, I came back from the bathroom, unlocked the door, go and sit down at the chair, not thinking much, reach over, turn the radio back on, and the dial had rolled down from 1037 all the way down to like 91.1 or 90, 90 points, I don't know, and it was a religious station talking about death and dying in the afterlife inside oh. the mother church. Oh. Freaked me out. 
<laughs> and there's been tons of stories of other engineers where they come back in there and the stuff flipped upside down. The, yeah. the papers have been thrown around the room. Headphones off the walls. Headphones and, off the walls, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, uh, Lou, uh, we always said that Lula Naff, who was uh, mm. the general manager of the Rhyme First One, uh, didn't like rock and roll too much. Oh, no, no. So maybe she changed the channel to try to convert you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she was, uh, what, Methodist, right? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> she was a wild woman. And her original office is still right there beside the it booth. Is. So Yeah. I got to peek inside of there one time. Oh. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we could go on and on. It's just a neat place. And we hope when you come to Nashville, you'll visit the Ryman Auditorium. Oh, nothing like it in the world. I got to say, uh, one of my most fond memories, Dave, is sitting in the booth with you and mm-hmm. uh, going over how to run the booth when you were new at the Ryman. And, yeah. um, and when we were listening to the radio and the local station played one of our songs. and I remember right that. There. Played your song. Sugar, sugar, sugar. And, yeah, sugar. And yeah. Your, your enthusiasm, it meant the world to me. Not, not, oh, my God. Not Blew me just, away. Yeah. Well, not it was just a great song. You know. The radio playing our stuff, but you and your enthusiasm support. You're, you're, I think so highly of you, Dave, and I really appreciate oh, our you, friendship. Man. And I'm Same here, man. thankful we got to have time at the Ryman together, and I appreciate you having me on the podcast today because this has been wonderful. Same here. I appreciate you coming, bringing these great guitars, man. <laughs> I'll let can, you play them afterwards. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> can you play us one more? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this, I think this was the first song that I wrote that was based off a true story. Prior to that, growing up as a kid, um, everything I wrote was kind of like a, as if I was writing a, a fictional story. I just made up stories about characters, and then the song was you know, about a character. But this one was about reconnecting with um, a girl who I grew up with. Uh, since three years old, she was a girl. She was a girl next door, and uh, we reconnected after 13 years of not seeing each other. And mm. now we're married with two kids. Wow! Uh, this one is <laughs> a story. little more rock and roll, uh, but it was—it's uh, called "I Need Your Love." saw her for the first time after so many years She made my heart be scared And it felt so weird I had my one chance I let it slip away And if she came back This is what I would say I wanna be your right hand man Syncopating my heartbeats Telling you over and over again You've got what I need such a rush I had my one chance I let it slip away but wait I've got something I need to say I wanna be your right hand man syncopating my heartbeats telling you over and over again you've got what I
telling you over and over again You've got what I need I need your love Yeah, baby, need your love I need your love I can get it from above Baby, need your love I need your love Need your love Need your love Need your love Woo! <laughs> Hunter Will from Born Crooked, our guest on the podcast, the Songwriter Connection podcast. You know, I miss R playing drums on that. We needed her here on the Cajon or something. Yes, you know? we yeah. do. I really wish she could have made it. Me too. I know she's busy back home, huh? Yeah, she's, yeah. she's been all over the place. Mm. She uh, Doing that Cowboy Mountain shooting thing, she was having fun throughout COVID and yeah. making the best of it. So. Yeah, good for her. Uh, all our best uh, to, to R. And uh, maybe next time, R. Yeah. We'll have you back, okay? Yeah. Play some music uh, around the dining room table, which I love to do the most on, on this show. Hunter, thanks for being with us. And uh, all the best to you. And the band is Born Crooked. Check them out, borncrooked.com. And while you're on the computer, hey, type in discoversooner.com and check them out as well. A great organization, especially if you're a songwriter, you're going to love being a member of Discover Sooner, our sponsor. Thanks again, Hunter. Good to have you here, buddy. Thank you, Dave. So good to spend time with you. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.